another exciting episode of Best of Five. If you're not playing Blanca right now, uh, well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and before we go out and start it, um, did I ever tell you that at my place of work, they bring us snacks from Snack Nation? Snack Nation? And I've decided, every time, I shit you not, I promise I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I see the snacks, I'm like, I bet you, uh, I wonder which ones Donka would like. I have one for you today. You, you brought me a snack? I brought you a snack. I'm going to reach down and grab it. And I want you to live on the air. Tell me what you think. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check this. Meat stick. These are fancy meat sticks. Now I'm a, I'm a jerky fan. <laughs> While you pepper uh, is my favorite flavor of jerky too. Cracked so pepper. Cracked pepper. Not just not just like a whole peppercorn. So we'll get back to that uh, meat stick here when we have a little bit of downtime. But uh, of course we have a fully stacked show for you today. The main topic will be. CPT 2018 and uh, changes, things that stayed the same, things that got a little worse, and we're going to have a long discussion on that. Um, this topic was so juicy. I feel like normally we kind of agree not to talk about things until the show starts, but we've been we've been talking about the CPT all day. Yeah, y'all won't shut we up about it. We have not held it up. <laughs> we have not held back at all. Um, but we're also going to talk about a couple other things. We're going to give some stuff away. We'll have a recap as always. We'll talk a little bit of E-League. And of course, let me introduce um, Mike. That's Mike Schiller. And of course, joining us via Skype is Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jurek, who's back in the flesh, no longer a still image, just giving us that mean mug. And John Velociraptor Guerrero. It was the other way, Steve. It's been almost a month since care. we had the whole crew. <laughs> we're all back. Uh, we're all together. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Steve. Seeing double. <laughs> yeah. Um, so welcome, guys. How was uh, how was your week off? Uh, did you recover from your uh, food poisoning, or what did you have? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I have, but it did involve the words projectile and vomiting. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you had a case of the just, exorcists. It, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, my neck was spinning that way. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I was saying inappropriate things to priests. It was not a pretty sight. We should have had him on the show. That would have made it all the better. <laughs> You know, you got to save that for our last night. When we, whenever we decide we're done, just like we can pull that tape up. We'll be banned from Twitch. But what a way to go! Yeah. Hey, speaking absolutely. of which, do we need to go back into our archives and delete any of our vods that uh, no longer are uh, in accordance <laughs> with the new uh, terms of service or guidelines? I don't know. Um, probably all of them. Probably. <laughs> And John, um, it's crazy, man. These growth spurts that you keep uh, going through, and uh, then reverting back to baby John, and then back to full-grown man John. Um, something, something interesting. <laughs> something interesting going on over there. Um, and I think we've all decided that baby John's baby John face should probably be an emote. Put a one in the chat if you think that's a good idea. Put a two in the chat if you think that's a terrible idea. Well, what would it represent? Just, uh, just skepticism, skepticism, because he's got that eyebrow. Yeah, that's like what, someone that's just saw the CPT decide, schedule. Though. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, that is not for us to decide. That is for the people. To we're, get, we're, we're getting some ones up in here. Mostly oh, ones. Man, there's a lot of onesies. Uh, all right, all right. So, that'll uh, be next. So right. that, that's, that is, yeah, that's you, the housekeeping. You voted for yourself, John. Really? <laughs> I voted for the emote because I think it's good for the for the community. Yeah, it's good for the brand and pe people will give people what they want. You know what I mean? <laughs> that will not be an emote, unfortunately, because uh, I don't think we have the rights to that guy's face. All right, um, recap. Yeah, um, there was it was sort of a quiet week this week. Uh, no massive Street Fighter tournaments or Tekken or Injustice or anything like that. The big one this weekend was an event called Dragon Brawl. 
uh, out in California. That was a uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z tournament, as you could probably guess. That was won by Chris G, who took it over uh, Tatsunical in the grand final. There was, I don't want to say controversy, but a oh, little man. bit of a loop with that. Um, Chris G in winner's semis uh, in a first to two set lost to Kizzy K. However, he had, because it's a Dragon Ball tournament, he had a wish since he won uh, the build-up tournament to this uh, to extend any set from two out of three to three out of five. He used mm. that. He came back, got the win, got ended up in winner's finals, uh, ended up in grand finals, took the whole thing. Congratulations to him. Can I take one quick second to just say that, like, after seeing how much everyone hated the Battle for the Stones... <laughs> How was it considered a good idea to emulate it? Like, I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it ended up getting their tournament on a Kotaku article. So, I mean, it got them out there. Um, and, and Chris ended up winning, so good for him. But, I mean, it's just... It, it's, I would not have these things in any tournament ever, personally. That's just me. I, I, I don't hate them, per se. It just seems sort of weird, you know, when we're viewing it out of context and not as part of like a series or anything like that. Yeah, people on um, Twitter were like, did he just cheat? I mean, people were like going, <laughs> people had no idea. Yeah, my my big issue with uh, how it was done in Battle for the Stones was because that was the only real uh, Marvel Infinite Tournament series that there was. Had there been like a, a basic, like a mini CPT for that game uh, in the buildup to Capcom Cup 2017, and then you know, these events on the side, I don't think anyone would be mad, but because you have to play this sort of game and everything that's officially sanctioned is building up to this event with goofy rules. You know, I, I think that's what put off a lot of people that's all more I'm so saying. than just the goofy rules themselves. But you're still I mean, playing and, the game, right? I'm sorry, John. I am still playing. The game. Well, yeah, like with with a game like this, especially with a player base that you're going to have super early on with all of the non-competitive players, you do want to you you have to have that like party mode aspect of it at least for a little while. Like, yes, we normally talk about competitive through and through and it's like don't mess with anything. The timer is at 99, the rounds are 2 out of 3, all that kind of stuff. But when you're trying to uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is going to have its competitive scene. And uh, I mean, if they if they do some kind of a tour or something like that, then hopefully they don't battle for the stones that. But as far as like your initial events, you want to have these gimmicks. You want to have stuff to get people's attention from all different avenues. And you probably already have the competitors with where you're at. So, hey, bring in the other people, do Dragon Ball wishes. I, I don't hate them for it as a competitor. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But like if it was someone that wants to make money off of this thing. Like, yeah, go for it. Be, be crazy a little bit. So that's the only recap? That's it. Um, it. We got a couple events coming up this weekend, though. Uh, we've got uh, Senkal Showdown, and we've got uh, Winter Brawl. So it'll be a little heftier uh, on the recap side next weekend. We're almost, when's the first official weekend of CPT? It's in March, right? March, uh, the, the weekend after my birthday. Uh, when's March it? 17th, 18th, 19th. Oh. We're so close in birthday, Steve. We are. The other twins, right? March 16th through 18th, excuse me. All right. Well, thank you for that recap, Steve. Uh, shall we move on to our next of many topics? Uh, we can go. We, I think we have a contest that we need to uh, to talk we about. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I have it up. Is this the... I always get the wrong damn contest. You're giving away so many damn things. Is this the right one, Steve? Uh, that is the correct one. Nice. Uh, thanks to our friends at Axis Games. You know, like I said, we're giving away a, a code for uh, Unist every episode this month, or every episode in February. So tonight you can get in that contest by getting on Twitter, tweeting at us with the hashtags best of three and one true Mika. Best of five. Best of, you know what? Oh I'm man! <laughs> I am still in recovery. <laughs> and our next contest is to see who's going to replace Steve here on Best of Five. <laughs> is it? We can make y'all can make a whole season out of that. Is it because it rhymes with V and that maybe was a Freudian slip in your head? Uh, I'm trying to help you out here, Steve. I I, I am beyond help. <laughs> R.I.P. Best of three. Uh, that was a great show. Y'all remember it? We can't even say that. That's not our property anymore. No, oh, we yeah, should be right. beeping. Alon's probably beeping that out for yeah, us. Right? Thanks, Alon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no archive of this this week. Sorry, guys. <laughs> let's Y'all go back to <laughs> the... Uh, let's just say it again. Hashtag best of... If you uh, tweet at us with the hashtags best of V uh-huh. and hashtag one true Mika, you'll get in that drawing. Uh and we'll pick one name at random to win a code for a PS4 code for Unist. Yes, there uh, is a blonde hair, uh, pigtailed grappler Mika in the game Unist as well. So <laughs> sounds frustrating. Hey, I'm blocking here. I didn't hear it, so I had to do it myself. Uh, Pretender eighty. Wait, let me get the gifts going. All right, here we go. Thank you, Anonymous, and thank wow. you, Pretender. Chill. Hey, back to back. Let's get the train going. Oh, hey, double. Shout out to uh, Elon. How come I'm not here? Hey, it's blocking. I'm blocking here. Fix it. We'll, we'll just have to. Well, you voiced it originally, so you just I have could, to say I it yourself. Could, I could bust it out. <laughs> you did so many voices the last time. Um, and I think Rabbi Chang as well. Is that, was that anonymous? That was probably the anonymous one. All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> Exposed directly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, Rabbit Jane. I appreciate that, though. Um, <clears throat> All right, fighting games. We talk about them. Uh, yeah, so back to that. Uh, let's move on. That's our contest. E-League is hosting a one-off Tekken event. Steve? Uh, we don't know a whole lot about this yet. This was... Uh, just announced today, but E-League in early March, they are going to be recording a Tekken team event uh, at their E-League studios in Atlanta. They put the call out uh, for people who want to come in and watch it. Uh, tickets are available. Uh, if you go to TekkenGamer.com, they've got the link for you. Uh, but yeah, we don't know a whole lot about the event itself, but we do know what's happening. Um, this would be yet another fighting game that e-league is dipping its feet into so how do we yeah, feel this would be, about this would be the first time right because they've done injustice street fighter 5 as far as fighting games go yes now uh just to, to follow up here on what you said tekkengamer.com is the site uh to get tickets it's eleaguecom slash tickets um i am excited but i wonder a couple of things right um why is it a one-off event as opposed to a full-on season and if you think back not very long ago, maybe a couple weeks or a month ago, E-League broke all fucking records on Twitch and uh, elsewhere for their Counter-Strike uh, stream. I think they cracked a million concurrence, which is unbelievable. 
Um, and then I wonder if the shoe's going to drop when it comes to fighting game events that don't have that same draw. Uh, does I mean, it matter to them? Is there that. a cost-benefit analysis that goes in? Or are they like, man, screw these fighting games. Uh, CSGO is where it's at, and we're going to be uh, CSGO League now. Uh, or am I just getting ahead of myself, and I should just ride the gravy train as far as long as I can? I think a one-off. Or go ahead, John. Well, I was just going to say that I think that... Um, you know, you could have you could have come to that conclusion a long time ago, and by a long time, I mean like a year, two years ago or so. It's like obviously fighting games uh, and the genre is not where a lot of the other um, esports genres are at. Uh, at any time, someone could easily say, "Yeah, th this, these guys just really aren't worth it." Um, at, while you know other groups just blow up and become huge and and, and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, fighting games though have shown growth, have shown promise, um, and especially with with the rate we've been seeing new games and the and the excitement that we've been. Seeing about them, I'm looking directly right now, of course, at Dragon Ball Fighters. But you know, the way Street Fighter Five is has up the ante, and we won't talk about Marvel at all. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, it would have been easier to make that have that conversation uh, a little ways back. Now we're, we're we're showing that we can build steam and stuff, and it's like, yeah, we're we're not in the same realm quite as like Counter Strike, as as League of Legends, things like that. But I think there's more and more promise than there ever has been with fighting games. And so just because another area is doing really well, I don't think that crowds it out. I think, if anything, that expands the uh, the possibility for the other genres. Now, I don't mean to disparage the work that they've put into the shows that they've done for Injustice or Street Fighter V. They've done a fantastic job. It's been highly entertaining. They took feedback. I mean, they did everything right. I, I literally am just looking at it from if I'm a executive producer over at Turner and I see the return on one and the return on another, I ask myself, or I wonder if they ask themselves, hey, you know what, like this is great, and uh, we got a lot of positive feedback, but nowhere near what Counter-Strike Maybe did. that's why they went to a one-day event, though. Exactly, or, uh, so yeah. that, that, that's what leads me to believe that. Now, I think it makes a lot of sense. I thought we had, uh, at least with Street Fighter, I thought the lead-up was kind of better than the finale, and I thought that the days where we saw all the different matches were a lot more interesting than the finals day where I feel like things felt a little rushed and people didn't like the finals format of being four out of seven. And it was just, it, I, I think that a one day event caters a lot more to the general public looking outside in on a fighting game. And I think that's what kind of what they're trying to capture, so. Well, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that I think E-League sees value in having a, having a foot in everything because we've seen like with PUBG games kind of come out of nowhere and become very popular very quickly. So I think even if it doesn't do gangbusters, which by the way, uh, both street fighter five and injustice did quite well in the TV ratings hey, um, when they were aired. So here. I don't think it's an issue of that. Oh, zero star X zero star HX. I thought the H was the silent part, yeah, part of, star. of the star. Like, like Starks. You're right. Star. Zero stars. He's a star. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think just having a, there's value in having a presence in the Tekken scene. Um, if something more comes of it, great. If not, oh well. You know, it, 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 it helps their brand. And, and not just being like a Counter Strike tournament or you know an overwatch tournament they want to be a a defining brand when it comes to esports competitions and expanding into different games having a positive presence in a bunch of different games helps build that 
Uh, all right. Well, do you think that if this uh, does gangbusters, they'll do more fighting games? I feel like Dragon Ball would be the one that would have more crossover appeal and potentially right? put it on TV where people like to watch their Dragon Ball. And there's already crossover with, you know, Dragon Ball airing on uh, Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network, which is owned by Turner. Obviously, Turner has a key. Uh, they own E-League, so I don't think that's too far-fetched, assuming that uh, the popularity of the game remains strong. The Dragon Ball like media slash tour slash developer backing thing is kind of still yet to be seen, right? With Capcom, it was expected that, you know, Street Fighter would have another pro tour, and people often expected, at least before it came out, that Marvel might have one, and Justice to set that precedent, but Arxis really hasn't. They kind of have their own one-off events, mostly in Japan and a couple in the U.S., but I think with a game that people are expecting to do really well, like Dragon Ball, um, it'll be interesting to see, because we still really haven't seen that either yet, right? I mean, we've seen tournaments regionally do pretty well, and we've seen locals, but we still haven't seen like a major event yet for the game, so... Who knows? I, I just want to see the giant 3D models on the E-League stage like they do in Street Fighter V, but have like oh, the God. Dragon Ball fight in 3D. <laughs> that should be awesome, man. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be cool. That uh, would be awesome. All right. Um, moving on. Anything else sure. you would like to Let's... add? Moving on to the Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Am I saying that right? I always get them wrong. You are saying it right. Um, cross Tag Battle, Blaze Blue. The pricing came out, the pricing structure for it for the different versions. And people have opinions. Steve, well, <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I was Go going to say it's like an it's kind of an anti blow up, right? It's like the blow up was that half the game was DLC, and the anti blow up is that when you actually package the whole game together, it ends up being less than most other games with DLC. So I mean, that's probably how they should have announced it in the first place. Or you don't think it was a reaction? What? It might have been a reaction, for all we know. Um, you know, they did say that they made... I know they made Blake and Yang, the two other Ruby characters. They said that those deserve to be free. Okay. And I think that, at least, was a reaction. And they've said that the characters will be free for two weeks when they come out. So that's kind of cool. It's like a trial period. Mm -hmm. I, I think what they were going for was obviously like the idea where you can pay a little less and get the characters you want. I think it's on such a small scale that it doesn't really matter. Um, it seems a little better than what people were maybe expecting. Because when they heard... All we knew at first, we didn't know the price of the base game or the price of the DLC. So people were thinking, oh, is this going to be a $60 game? We have to pay $60 more to get the rest of the Let's cast? Let's overreact. No, we didn't. And so it, it seems to be about on scale with what you pay for a fighting game with all the characters at this point. And I guess one of the positives is that you know all the characters that are coming. So yeah, good and, and bad. So, so just to do a quick rundown, physical or digital, it's 50 bucks for the base version, 70 bucks for the deluxe digital edition, Base game plus all the DLC. It's so just basically just more. like every other fighting game coming right. out right now, if you want me to be honest. The it's it's bucks, very similar. Five bucks, character collection, 20 bucks, Blake and Yang, free, as you said. Because DBFZ is like $90, and you don't know the eight characters you're getting. So, eh, I don't know. Can, can you stop putting out these fires so that I can complain on social media about this and feel more relevant to myself, Donka? <laughs> okay, let's assume that the fire wasn't put out. Go ahead and vent, John. Give it to <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to write about this game, and, um, uh, and and that's about it. But but I am I am happy to see. It doesn't. You guys are just doing this so you can put the thing up, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Cool. Wait. Um, wait. What are you curious to see? If the game's going to be a total flop, is that what you're going to say? 
I'm ha no, no, no. I'm happy to see that um, at the end of the day, this wasn't some just like mad rush to get people's money via DLC because that is something I'm kind of wary about. Uh, obviously, and we've talked about it. Steve has an opinion. Steve has an opinion on it. No, go ahead. It. Go ahead and finish. We've go talked ahead. about it quite a bit. The idea of releasing half a game and then making the rest of the game, you know, but but have, charging it like for a full price tag and then slowly releasing the rest of the content and just milking people for all they're worth. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be the way of the future a little bit, but I'm happy to see that that's like not 100% what this game was doing, where when we first heard about the half the concept, half the roster being DLC, we're like, dude, this is not, like, there's there's no veil over this. They're just blatantly going for our wallets with no apologies, and that's not the case, and so I'm happy that that's not the case. So there was a quote from a Destructoid article from Toshimichi Mori, creator of the BlazBlue series, Quote, we've been making efforts to make the price accessible for everyone, but we should have communicated a lot more clearly, though, so we didn't have that misunderstanding. Our first mistake was announcing Blake as DLC before saying they were free. What should have happened is that we should have said Blake is coming as a DLC for free, but because of so many events late last year and early this year, we wanted to announce things a little by little. Unfortunately, the first announcement was muddled. We said Blake was DLC, but we should have announced it all at once. That caused confusion. And Ark is very sorry for that. And we're, we're saying that that was a reactionary thing, that Blake wasn't actually going to be free, but he is because of the reaction. Is that what we're kind of sitting yeah. at? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, so whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you're I, not going to play it anyway. Is that what you're saying, John? Steve is <laughs> chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> a couple things with this. One, I think, you know, in the backlash uh, that the game first got, there was a contingent that said, well, wait, 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 they're going to release it cheaper. And then if you put it all together, it's going to be the same price as a regular game. Now it's going to be a little more expensive uh, than a regular game, you know, $70 for everything all in compared to, you know, the 60 for off the shelf, which if, if you consider all the DLC, yeah, that I, I don't think that's outrageous. But where I have a little bit of an issue is the fact that so much of this game is based off of reused assets. You know, this game is possible because you've got three games lying around. You have all the characters designed. You can just I, I know it's not as simple as dropping them in, but it, it does feel that way as a consumer. Like you most of the artwork has been done. And you're asking us to pay for that again, $20 on top of an almost full price game. You know, f you know, 50 isn't 60, but it's nothing to sneeze at. So I don't know if I'm necessarily thrilled with how this has played out. You know, it, it, it could have been worse, but I hate saying that the best thing I could say about something is that it could have been worse. Well, I mean, interesting. I mean, I. If we're going down that path, I mean, how many times did you buy Blaze Blue, which has been using the same sprite since the game came out? It's kind of one of those things. So I guess it's kind of a step up in that sense. I don't know. I mean, as I said, th this game comes out at a little bit of a weird time for me. Um, I feel like the way fighting games develop, you know, like DBFZ will still be in its, you know, late honeymoon phase when this game's coming out right before Evo. And the player base has probably overlapped quite a bit. And they're both at Evo, so it's it's just one of those things where I don't know how because because Bandai Namco published DBFC, and I'm sure it's not really the same teams working on them, so it's all just kind of a weird clash coming from Arxis at once. I, I, I this little rant has been off my chest since uh, last week, and I wasn't able to say it because I wasn't here for the Evo discussion. 
I still don't understand why Blaze Blue was thrown in. I I, I, I don't I, I don't really, I don't love it either. I wonder, and I love Blaze Blue. I'm I like wonder, a, Steve, why Blaze Blue CP is like my favorite fighting game ever. But yeah, if, I'm not if, a fan of the way it went. If you're doing it for, um, you know, bringing in more people, that doesn't make sense to me because if you look at the last time Blaze Blue was at Evo, about seventy to seventy-five percent of the players were already there for Guilty Gear, and guess what? Guilty Gear is there this year. So how many new faces are you going to bring out? Not that many. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know this is kind of a sidebar. Um, I, it just kind of pissed me off with the whole discussion about that and Marvel and why one game is there and why another one isn't. So I apologize. That's been on my heart for a little bit. I just had to get it out. The one thing I will say about this game that's kind of interesting is a lot of our games that we love to say were our favorites from back in the day were games where we reused assets and threw them together, like CVS 2 and like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. The nice thing about reusing assets is it lets people focus on designing the gameplay of the game, because obviously they need a lot less in the way of artists, they need a lot less in the way of this. The game itself is a product solely of love and of gameplay, because they don't have to make all of these new assets. So. Hopefully that goes well. I mean, as I said, CVS 2, MEC 2, these are games that were part of the heyday of fighting games. Do I think Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle will be that? I have no idea whatsoever, but I'm going to try it, so I don't know. Steve, how much would you pay for love? Um, right now I'd pay a whole lot for love. <laughs> <laughs> what about, about $69.99? I, 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 I don't know if I'd pay $69.99 for the kind of love you're offering. <laughs> um... Anyway, <laughs> I'm not personally offering you anything, Steve. You have to go out on your own and find that love, that is. Um, okay, y'all want to talk about Guilty Gear for a second? We can talk sure, about Guilty Gear. Sure, let's talk about Guilty Gear. Well, it just so happens that, uh, can you pronounce that name for me? Daisuke Ishiwatari. Yeah, that guy, creator of the Guilty Gear series in a Silicon Era interview, said, quote, After releasing Guilty Gear Extra Rep 2, it's clear what we need to improve on. The key is to win over more users because of the complex controls. But if we implement everything, the game will no longer, am I reading that right? Be Guilty Gear. It's hard to balance out all the improvements. One thing that we have to do in the next installment is to reduce the number of systems. It's too complicated for everyone. You can expect that in the next game. So they're going to change all their dragon punches to down, down punch. And they're going to do uh, easy combo mode. And, well, I mean, what? Is that the trend? Don't people complain about that? Well, first of all, it's just crazy to me that we're in an era where Arxis has the most games at EVO, and all we're talking about is Arxis interviews and all that, and that. It's crazy to me. I mean, it's kind of cool. I don't have a problem with it, necessarily, but it's just interesting. Second Call of, before the storm, my friend. Call second of all, I, I, it feels like one of those miscommunication things where, like, I feel like someone who directly spoke English and was listening to what the English-speaking community that I've been around to fighting games was saying, you wouldn't say something like this. Because, like, every time someone talks about making things easier, the pitchforks are out, right? Like, people are pissed. No one wants anything to be easier, apparently. Um, it's weird to me that a series that is so known for being so technical, and that's kind of what its fans love about it, is that's what they would say about it. But, I mean... I don't really feel like I can take translated Daisuke's paragraph to mean more than what I know it means. So, But, you know, what about the idea that uh, this is a business, right? And if the game is too niche, too hardcore, too for the OGs, too for the real, like, hipster fighting game guys that like anime games, 
I'm of the opinion that having a better tutorial and pouring your way into that is better than adding these shitty auto combos that you don't end up using in the real game anyway. I'm right? sorry, uh, Like, you Steve? can add as many <laughs> auto combos and as many easy input things as you want, and the good players are still going to kick the shit out of the bad players forever, at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, and it's not really going to change anything. And maybe it makes, like... Like, like, make it like we've had simple mode since Marvel vs. Capcom 1, right? Like, I mean, I remember that in the arcade. That's what I picked when I was playing that back then. Um, you know, I, as I said, like, I don't think this trend helps newer players get into the game a lot. I think newer players would be playing Dragon Ball Z for Dragon Ball, whether or not it was complicated or easy. And so I kind of feel like we should just have good tutorials and not really worry much about the gameplay. Steve, you were applauding that. Why? That has been my gospel for the last few years. You know, I've I've always recommended to new players Skullgirls. And that is a game that throws a hell of a lot at you, especially if you're someone who hasn't done, uh, who hasn't played a fighting game before, or at least hasn't played it seriously. But what that game does so well is the tutorial mode doesn't just teach you what to do. It's It starts to teach you why you want to do it it talks about whiff punishing it talks about spacing why you want to be uh in a certain place why you want to throw out a move not just here's how you do it i truly feel that if you that you can teach players things that are very complex and as long as you do a good job of teaching them they're going to stick around and learn that complex uh thing you know, there there are always going to be some people who don't want to to take that deep dive into fighting game tech. That's fine. Pleasing them to an extent is fine. But my fear is my fear is not pleasing the people who want a simpler game. My fear is pleasing the people who want a simpler game at the expense of people of pleasing people who want that uh, that more challenging uh, experience the the more complex inputs. One, one, one last piece before I let John go on to this. Uh, people are saying in the chat, and it is true, the game we're giving away, UniLST, also has a fantastic tutorial. Oh, right it on. really does. Yeah. It's like it talks about all the in-depth stuff. It's really great. Go ahead. I, I want to tell you, um, uh, sorry, John, I wanted so bad to, they gave me a bunch <laughs> of codes. I wanted to snatch one for myself. I really did. No one would have ever known, Steve. Yeah, I, no one would be mad if you did. I, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I need to share it with the people. So, uh, give, 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 yeah. give them the look, Alon. Throw up the look. I don't know, uh, Steve. That's pretty questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that deserves the skeptical baby John as well. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. John, what do you got, pal? I was just going to say that I, I completely agree with what you guys were saying uh, in terms of, like, let's do a better tutorial as opposed to easier button mashy stuff. But then I have to think about it. And you go, you know who doesn't know how to play fighting games very well? Fighting game developers. When's the last time you saw a fighting game developer that actually knew how to, like, like at a high level Combo play fiend? these things? Combo Fiend jumped in for a while, and he was an anomaly. He was a very big exception to the S -Kill? rule. Most of the time. You're dead? Well, I have an interesting, <laughs> I I have an interesting counterpoint to this, which is that when well, I... I'm not even done saying it yet, Tom, <laughs> so I'm going to finish saying because you guys... No, I'm just kidding. What did you have to say? I was going to say that when I bought Blaze Blue CT before I even played fighting games seriously at all, that game came with a DVD that had 12 actual fighting game players, including Mike Z, doing yes. the tutorial for each one of the characters. And some were way better than others, 
But I thought they were really interesting, and you can go back and watch it. Mike Z's, he does the entire thing in like a Russian voice, like as some Zangief Tager hybrid. And I, I thought that was a cool idea. If they were like, if they took, you know, Bonchan and had him do a Sagat tutorial with the release of Sagat, people would go fucking hog wild for absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and those kind of higher level like like thought processes, you see that from from top players and stuff like that. But like I grew I grew up in the competitive scene with like Street Fighter Four, where they were showing you combos in like trial or, or in challenge mode, where you're supposed to like lay out how to do certain things. Combos that were ridiculously like like you would never do this because the meter management was terrible. They never talked about anything like. Like spacing and things like that why a move was good you learned all that stuff from your local scene from reading you know forums and things like that um and and so it's cool to hear that that happens otherwise and actually in street fighter 5 the demonstrations they do get into that kind of stuff a little bit but um and, and so maybe we are moving toward that but it's just been in my experiences like a lot of times when fighting games are are presented it's it's very basic it's just like you know, this this character can throw a fireball, and a fireball does this, as opposed to why a fireball is good in the in the broader spectrum of things. But did, did I ever tell you if Capcom ever needs to have people do something like that, you know, there's a couple people here who have some experience doing stuff like that. Hey, uh, yeah. I, I want to tell you who I heard this story from because it'll be total douchey name drop. But uh, did you guys ever hear the story, or did I tell it? And if I did, stop me. Of the time that Combo Fiend got picked up by Capcom and had to go to Japan to kind of like prove his metal, and. Um, I'm not sure who his like boss was there with him, but from Capcom America, and they went and it was Woshige and his boss, <laughs> and they made him do a set, uh, Combo Fiend versus Woshige, legendary set, and uh, you know they thought they had this right, Team Japan did, and he Combo Fiend started proceeds to whoop on him. And who was it? Who, who would it have been? The dev on the Team Japan, but he just kept leaning over and going, Woshige, <laughs> Woshige, like, you better not fucking lose this. And of course he did. Um, and uh, that is part, a small part of the legend that is Combo Fiend. It would be cool to be in the room for that. Um, to if, think that they actually if, settle it that way. I don't know if I'll ever have a chance to say this, but if I ever develop a fighting game, the one thing I want to do is create something called the dojo and it would be sort of a hub in the game where every week or so you'd start with like your, your basic combo tutorials, your basic, you know, trials, but then add new things that top players are doing, or at least basic things. Hire some of these top players to, to, make a five minute video and, and explain some of the things they're doing and put that in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have live live cool. video in games like FIFA and whatnot. Just do something like that. I think something that engages players at a higher level, because yes, there are great resources out there for any fighting game you can think of, but most of the people who need to see those things have no idea it exists. I, I think we need to do a better job of teaching people in within the frame of the game, in the game itself, in the official uh, channels, where to get that stuff, or 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 at least presenting it to them. So I, I just we're not far off from that. I think that with where we're at right now, with how we're highlighting players, you know, you're seeing like stuff like Tokido does the 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 measuring tape thing, and all of a sudden like. Echo Fox jumps on that, right, and starts like like actually selling or, or doing like some gimmick things. But I, my, my my point is is that people are paying attention to this more than ever. Fighting games are on the rise like they never have been before, and I think that we are to the point where enough people with money 
are plugged into the player scene now, and I don't think that was the case as much before. Where what you just described with uh, with you know Bonchan showing off how to play Sagat and having these in-game tutorials from top-level competitors uh, is is no longer a distant possibility. I think it's like it's very real and, and it's very immediate, and I think we'll see that in the next few years. Sorry, by the way, I'm <laughs> laughing at Efren has pulled up all these Blanca photoshops <laughs> and it's killing me. Um, do we have anything else to say about Guilty Gear and easy modes and training modes and how to ease people in and maybe it's not the right solution to... But maybe there is, like less is more, too many systems, all that shit. Anybody else want anything else to say on this? Yeah, I, I, I don't think the goal of not having 50 different systems on each character is a bad one. Yeah, I, I just think, I just think that if you're going to simplify, don't just make the ceiling lower. Give players the tools to make their personal ceilings higher. I think yeah. that's the way it needs to be done. And obviously, yeah, there's back. I think there's things. I think input buffers in Street Fighter Five are mostly a good thing, but I think other things they took away were bad things. So I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a back and forth. All right, uh, now the topic of the hour, what everybody's been waiting for, the Street Fighter V topic of Blanca-chan <laughs> Photoshops. These are courtesy of John Velociraptor Guerrero. This is when Blanca was oh, in the Oh, you made all big. these, John? <laughs> I made this one. I only did like four or five. Yep, this is, uh, if you guys remember that famous movie Big, uh, Blanca-chan was in that one. He was also in the uh, original Alien bust out of this dude's chest. I remember that scene. That was classic. The next one is the one that really got me. <laughs> then we have oh uh, <laughs> from so uh, Psycho. Uh, and look at all the retweets and likes on that. You can't really tell, but they're That's there. That's so good. How many are there right now? Uh, I don't know. A couple, couple hundred. Okay. <laughs> Let me see. 103, brother. That's all you, buddy. Oh, nice. What a what a and then of course uh, from the graduate, <laughs> the time uh, yeah. Blanca Chan was seduced. You like how he has bonus legs down below because I didn't take the time to edit those out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, obviously I did want to share um, the beautiful work of one John Velociraptor Guerrero, but that's not the topic at hand. Well, if you have a chance, um, can you check the Facebook group? Oh yes. What would you like me to do with this? What am I pulling up here? Because uh, we we hey, tried putting it out, it didn't here. really catch on. Um, oh, hey! Die, die, die 1,000 deaths, uh, or die 1K deaths. <laughs> or dyke deaths. <laughs> dyke deaths. John. Ooh. Don't laugh at it. Don't laugh. Too late, you Mike, jerk. Don't laugh at it. <laughs> Not planning on it. <laughs> Skepticism. Um, you want me to pull up this this uh, picture here, compadre? Yeah. Wait, um, well, I got a screen it cap it. We got one response on this. Um, uh, obviously, the Street Fighter account put it out uh, earlier in the week. People went gangbusters with it. You saw some great stuff. You had uh, uh, Jack holding him up uh, on the on the, the Titanic. Uh, Titanic. Of the Titanic. Uh, you had him trying to save Marvel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch of good ones. Uh, let me know when you're ready so I can stop vamping. Wait, wait, I just need to uh, set it. Here we go, pal. You got it. Our, our friend Amezi uh, helping us out here uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> let him know. I do remember that time uh, that he sang with Kitty Perry at the halftime show with uh, the shark. 
Yeah, it was uh, a great time was had by all. So. <laughs> and Blanca is out now. I think you have to have the season pass right now because in order to buy him from the fight store, the server needs to be back up. Servers so are up. Oh, servers are up, so everyone can go play Blanca right now. If but you want you that costume, you got to beat that story mode. <laughs> but you shouldn't do it for at least another 45 minutes when we're done with our show. And that officially brings us to the end of the show now, uh, to the yeah, right. topic at hand, CPT 2018. The schedule was released, the rule set was released, the point structure was released, and as he does with the recaps, Steve is going to kick us off by breaking it all down. All right, well, in... Basic terms, you know, not a whole lot changed in terms of how the thing works. Um, you're still going to have a season full of events uh, building up to Capcom Cup at the end of the year. So no big changes there. Um, you're still going to have a 32 player final. Uh, it's going to be 30 or excuse me, the defending champion, MenRD. He's automatically qualified. Uh, you'll also have... 26 players qualify through the global leaderboard four players qualify through the regional finals and you'll they're bringing back the last chance qualifier uh so that will be the 32nd and final person there on uh the first day of capcom cup weekend so not a whole lot changed there uh the big shifts are twofold one look at the schedule uh, let's start with what's going down in North America. If you could pull that one up. Is it, uh, is it, uh, let me see here. One second. Is it this one right here? Tell me if this is the right one you want to look at. That is the one we want to look at. Okay. Um, uh, so there isn't quite parody, uh, in terms of number of ranking events and number of premier events in each of the regions. Uh, in North America, you've got seven ranking events, which is, on the lower side, but you also have uh, seven premier events, and that does not include EVO. Um, and then you see the regional final is going to be Red Bull Battlegrounds, uh, Washington, D.C. What, so. what do you mean it does not include EVO? I see here a uh, little asterisk and italicized Evolution Championship Series Las Vegas. EVO World. Because only because it is its own tier of event. Okay. So it, it gets more points, which we'll go into later. Um, but you see CEO, final round. Uh, final round is actually the season kickoff. Uh, DreamHack Montreal is going to be a premier event, uh, which might be a little bit of a surprise to some. Uh, you've got a ranking event in Toronto, and you've got a premier event in Toronto. So if you're in Toronto, hey, you, you, get, you get a chance to double dip. Um, let's take a look at Asia. Um, there we go. Uh, seven, or excuse me, six ranking events for Asia, four premier events, uh, Taiwan fighter, esports, Hong Kong, uh, Chinese premier event to be named later and uh, Tokyo game show, uh, that Tokyo game show event, by the way, is the only event of the season hey, that I'm takes place in here. Japan. I gotta give a shout out to this son of a gun. I swear he just does it to make me say his name. Beats by Noel Brown. Thank you, thank you, Beats. Anyway, back then, to the. Uh, <laughs> and then Southeast uh, Asia Major is the regional final. There. Uh, let's take a look at Europe. Going for it. One second. One second. Okay. There we go. 
All right, you see uh, Brussels Challenge, a brand new event, as well as Head Stomper. Uh, they are added to the cycle. Uh, seven ranking events there. Only two premieres, uh, Stunfest and VS Fighting. So if you're in Europe, a little rough. Uh, and then EGX is your regional final. So you have two essentially premier events in Birmingham, England. Twice as many events as the entirety of Japan. Wow. And like a quarter as many as U.S. Yeah. Um, And then let's take a look at Latin America. So Latin America, uh, 13, or excuse me, 12 uh, ranking events. I can count, I swear. Um, No premieres, though, outside of the Latin America regional final, which will take place in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So... Let's dive into that schedule. What do you guys think of it? <laughs> I mean, is that a good place to start? Um, I mean, the schedule isn't the most egregious part, sadly. It's actually not that far off from last year, if I remember the schedule is. I think it's got a few less events, right, overall? Yeah, I, I, I think it's about five events overall. And then, of course, each of each region is going to have four online events, just like the last year so. So who wants to kick it off, guys? You guys want to I, I guess I'll just react. It. I know a couple of the premieres are on the same days as rankings, which seems like an unfortunate mistake to to repeat. And obviously, the discrepancy between regions is pretty grand. Um, they tried to make up for that by I know Latin America only has one premiere, and it's like at the end of the season, but they have like eleven ranking events or whatever, as opposed to another region seven. Um, but then when you look at the points later on, that doesn't really match up whatsoever. I, I just don't. I guess my thing, and I'll keep talking about I'll, I'll let everyone else get into this before I do my grand rant at the end. But I don't know why you're going to have four regions if you're going to treat them so differently. So I'll move on for now. Do we want to look at the points breakdown here? Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the one, the, the official CPT one that you sent us, Steve. Yeah. Um, there is a much larger difference between ranking events and premier events this year. Uh, premier events. Last year, you got 400 points for winning. Uh, this year, you get 700 points. Jeez. Uh, and the points go down to top 48. Uh, if you look at ranking events, remember last year, you got 160 for winning, 100 for second. This year, you get 150 for winning, 70 for second. Most of the point totals for ranking events were cut in half uh, below first. Uh, last year, you earned points by finishing in the top 16. This year, only top eight at ranking events get points. So if you uh, were looking for some points and finishing ninth, not going to cut it. Uh, Evo also got a massive boost in points. Last year was a thousand for winning, seven hundred for second. This year it's seventeen fifty for winning, eight fifty for second. Um, and then those points go all the way down to top one ninety two, if my math is good. So, I mean, not that one point matters, but, like, did anyone ever think that, like, is 129th at Evo comparable to 7th at a ranking event? I feel like it's a lot harder to make top 8 at a ranking event than it is to make 129th at Evo, where you basically made it out of pools. You could have done that without beating anyone good. 
I mean, yeah, but there's also only one Evo, and and there are course. like 50 ranking events, you know. So I mean, uh, but what you're saying is right. It's just that like when you when you look at Evo, you kind of have to do it with that grain of salt. The saying like there's only one of these. It is like Evo, which is unlike any other event you're going to go to. So when it comes to Evo, there there's a pretty big disparity there. But it, it that's not the thing that really kind of gets at me too much. Right. Yeah. No, I understand that. How, well, how do you guys think the TOs of ranking events feel? I would be pissed if I were a ranking event TO. Um, this feels honestly like a big middle finger to them. Um, your, last year, I, I feel they did a good job of of differentiating between ranking and premier, but still giving importance to all. This year, with how much they've inflated the value of winning a ranking event and how much they've deflated the value of doing well at a premiere, you're basically sending the message that ranking events don't matter. And essentially, outside of grand finals, nothing there matters. You get, what, 40 points for third, 20 for for fourth. You get 10 points for fifth, one for eight for top eight. You get one point for making top eight at a CPT event. Come on. That, 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 that's just a huge, huge insult. It sends the message that these events don't matter. And, and that is not the, the message I want to send if I'm running Capcom's eSports. It's really weird, too, because they fixed this the other way. From season one, people were complaining that you know their constant seventh places weren't adding up to anything, so they made them worth more. And now they reverted the change that everyone liked. And it just makes, like, almost no sense. If you got third at every single ranking event in North America, you have, like, 200, or, wait, it's 40, it's, it's 280 points. You're, like, a third of the way to making Capcom Cup. You haven't done anything. And third at every ranking event in the U.S., you're probably one of the best players out there. I mean, seriously, right? You've played against, there's way more than eight good players in any good ranking event. You're probably one of the best players in the entire thing, and you haven't even come close to breaching the Capcom Cup. And, and, then, just, and then what's the deal with Latin America that only has ranking and, events? And Latin and America of, basically only has ranking events until their, <clears> until their end of the season premiere. So you don't even know how many points. If you're getting third in every ranking event there, you know, you're, you're halfway to Capcom Cup, and you have no idea whether or not you should go to the one premiere that could possibly... It just doesn't make any sense, really, whatsoever. Um, yeah, like I'm trying to put myself in the in the like the conference room for Capcom when they were coming up with this. Where where is the benefit? What benefits them when when they make when they basically nerf ranking events the way they have? Like, what does this do? Because I don't even see like maybe if it were obvious, like yeah, if we do this, we'll make a bunch more money. Haha, <laughs> you know, twiddle the mustache. But I don't even see where that comes in. So like, what's the benefit of doing this to ranking events? And do we have an answer? I have no idea. I mean, my, as my best guess is that, you know, they want to funnel all the best players into these premier events and make sure they're going there and make sure they have a big show, you know, the, for every premier event this year. But it, it really is a problem, and it really dissuades. I, I honestly think you're going to be at the point where top players are making discussions about splitting up who goes to what ranking event. Because as I said, if you're a sponsor and your player's asking you to go to you know, Texas showdown, but you already know that Justin Wong and Punk are going, what's the point of sending you? You're not going to get any points towards Capcom Cup. Probably not. Right. It just, right. It, it really screws over the ranking events, as Steve said, and I feel like it's going to lower their attendance, and I feel like it's going to really make problems in that way. And people like, 
it just like the story of like Brian F last year is what I was bringing up beforehand, which is that he did well in the online events, he did well in the ranking events, he was getting thirds and fourths and even winning some of the online ones, I think. And he got sponsored, and then at the end of the season, he's thinking of going to all these premieres because he might make Capcom Cup. At this point, as I said, unless you're winning multiple ranking events, you haven't really made any part of your journey. It's you might as well just go to the premieres. I mean, you might as well. Yeah, it feels like this is this is made for top players that are already like they're not worried about having to spend money on traveling, not worried about all of that stuff because it's expensive to get out to one of these events when you put like the airfare and then the uh, the hotel for a weekend plus the entry fee and such. And FGC is poverty, man. Like it's it's rough to get out to these things. Um, and, and so like I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, this it feels like ranking events are more to like I need to I'm going to go win a premiere and then I'm going to make my seating better by taking a few ranking places down, you know, or, or doing well at a few ranking events. And it's all from like the player that's going to win consistently. But like for the majority of people that go to these tournaments and, and keeping in mind that like a lot of people don't go to tournaments because they can win pro tour points. Like it's like it's cool that it's there, but they'd be going anyway. They just want to go to the tournament and win and try and, and see where they're at. But when I look at this, I see 100% just this is for top players that know they're going to get top eight consistently, that know that these are going to be relevant to them. And then from there you go, okay, I'm going to strategically go to a, a premiere or two and then and then like kind of polish and, and, and smoothen out the edges of my, my standings with ranking events. Let, let, let me uh, pose a scenario to you guys. Um, it's likely that anybody who's sponsored on a team, and every year we have uh, more teams that can send more players, right? You got your Echo Foxes, you got your EGs and all that. Um, they'll be going to all the premier events. Is this a situation wherein people going to ranking events have an opportunity now because everybody's gone somewhere else, all the killers have gone somewhere else to make a name for themselves, to have a an easier field, whether it's not not to you know uh, uh, take away from their victories, and as a result, they get sponsored. And now the real race is to see who can get sponsored at one of the, from a performance at a ranking event where now they I, get seen. I feel like you're you're. Rose your ability glasses. to get sponsored yeah. and your your perceived ability is based way more on who you beat than what you place. We had a tournament at the end of last. I remember at NEC, Burkish, a uh, a really good Urian player from the Northeast, won. And I mean, great player, as I said, and he seems like a good guy. But no one really cares, and no one thinks that Burkish is an amazing player, and most people haven't heard of him because no one went to that tournament. So. Even though it was, you know, a, a somewhat big event, it's more about beating Justin Wong or Punk than it is about getting second in a tournament that no one went to. So I don't think, unfortunately, it will end that way. And 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 building off of what you were asking, Efren, um, I would hate to see a system like this go in a way where the goal is to get sponsored because that's the only way forward than it is to do well and improve. Because who this hurts more in my eyes are, are the people who are on the come up, the Brian F's of the world, the Brolino, the Brolino as of a couple years ago, the Yochi, the Hochi Focuses, uh, the Didi Mokovs, the guys who aren't necessarily at that top level, who have the skill, but they don't necessarily have a sponsor, have the funding behind them where they can go to, you know, 10, 15 different ranking events or go to multiple premieres. That, that player, their path to Capcom Cup is far more difficult now 
because you can't really you can't get in based on you know doing third and fourth top six at ranking events and then having one or two good weekends at a premiere uh, I, there, the other one thing I wanted to say is uh, someone asked this in the chat uh, about who if, if anyone would have made it under last year's or under this year's rules last year um, if someone w- would have missed out um, I did recalculate the uh, points under this year's rules and the there's only one player who would have made the field that wouldn't have made it last year and that was NL um, and he would have made it in place of Luffy. Luffy's a player who does well. He's Evo, Evo champion, so the guy knows how to play. But a lot of his uh, strong performances last year were at ranking events in Europe. And if you're in an area where most of your chances are going to be ranking events, like Europe, like Latin America, this basically screws you over. Yeah, and I mean, aside from the points, uh, as we said, the the locations of where the points are is very limiting to certain players. People who live in you know the southern part of South America at this point are thousands of miles away from their nearest premier event, which, as we said, is pretty much their only chance of getting anything done. Um, I really feel like, outside of just you know shitting on everything they're doing now. If they want to keep this regional thing, I would hope they would put more focus on it. And if you're not going to have as many premieres in South America as you're going to have in North America or as you're going to have in Asia, then you need to have more guaranteed spots for them. Because you're getting to the point where you may not have people make it from here simply because, not because they're not good enough, we had a Latin American CPT winner this year. I mean, they literally won the Capcom Cup. And he said, and I mean, uh, Meta himself said, many of the players in DR are just as good as he is. Mm-hmm. But what what are they going to do if they don't have the money to travel? I mean, they're not going to get noticed from these ranking events. They're not going to make enough points from these ranking events. I don't know. It's just unfortunate. Speaking of Latin America, there's one other thing that pisses me off about this. Um, <laughs> Spanish speakers. I know you're touching on. Uh, wow, that <laughs> is not appropriate. Um, the Latin American finals, guess what? They're in Brazil again. Remember last year? We had a whole blow up about Capcom not being able to award prize money uh, for the Latin American finals because of Brazilian gam- gambling laws. And guess what? We're going to run into that exact same situation again this year. I just don't understand. You know, I know they have a Brazilian office. Uh, Brazil's kind of like their home base for Latin America. But I don't understand why you don't hold it in Argentina or Chile or or somewhere else other than Brazil to at least give equal footing in at least some light in terms of money. It's great. Right. I mean, it was cool. Like, the fact that they didn't have any money is why Diddy Mokoff made Capcom Cup. It's it very was my favorite unlikely. Finals. It's very unlikely that he would not have beaten Brolinho or Man RD. Uh, but because they weren't there, because there was no money, he made it. And he ended up making a huge splash there, which shows that, you know, the ability of the Latin American players is great and the ability and like the hype of having people make it from different regions is cool. I wish they would focus on that. And I wish that the only reason he made it wasn't because of a screw up from Capcom. So I mean, I don't know. I hope they, I hope they really look into that for next year, or even better for this year. But I doubt they're going to change anything. So I guess they're making sure that you know no one skips because no one in Latin America will have enough points. 
<laughs> with no premieres. John, I know you got to bounce out here a little bit early. Do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I mean, the, everything you guys have been saying is, is, is pretty much what I've been thinking about it thus far. Um, and you were talking about the, uh, the regional finals last year for Brazil. Um, strangely enough, like I was, I was kind of getting at, that was my favorite of the regional finals because we got to see um, a highlight of the players that we don't normally get to see. Right. And I feel like that, at least at the at the beginning of all this, was like the motivation for having these regional events. It's like, yes, we know Daigo's out there. Yes, we know Tokido's out there. Yes, we know these really prominent players can do their thing and they will clash at the end of the year in this big thing. But there are going to be four other spots for players around the world that you don't normally get to see. Um, and and uh, having um, players that are already qualified participate in those events kind of sucks for me um and and that was something i was hoping that we would see uh kind of trumped out of out from this iteration of the pro tour but uh it doesn't look like that's going to be the case again so that sucks but um but i wanted to, to to make note of that um just because that's how the latin american finals played out last year and i really appreciated that yeah there is um we should probably clarify there is a change to how the regional finals work this year yeah um, lcq yeah, there will be no last chance qualifier tournament. There will be a basically one day premiere at each of these events on day one of the event. Um, and that will count as a an event towards the regional leaderboard. And then once that event is over on Saturday night, that's the end of the regional season. And the top eight uh, from there will go on to uh, Sunday's uh, top the the final the yeah. regional final and, and a foreign player can join that uh the that not last chance qualifier the the uh, what is just an open invitational but and they can get global points but they can't get ranking points uh or they can't get regional points for that region of course and so they wouldn't get in they could just stop one of the other players from getting as many points as possible yeah so, yeah. um yeah there's, there's there's a couple things that uh aren't a hundred percent clear on that uh michael martin is going to make a video this week i would assume it's going to be wake up wednesday um which will hopefully shed some light on a couple of those aspects of the uh regional finals john you uh broke down the numbers of the differences between points in 2017 and 2018 do you care to go is that even worth bringing up uh before you before you head out i mean if you if you wanted to just like i think these are interesting um the we, fact we don't have that, a graphic uh, but you're so no, it's fine. So I can just kind of read them off here. <laughs> um, so in 2017, there were 15 premier events, and in 2018, there are only 14. And I'm not counting the regional finals as premier events. I know that that was kind of uh, Steve was counting those, but I'm, I'm not counting that. Um, and so uh, in 2017, there were 33,090 total points to be made from premier events, and that was uh, 2,206 per event. This year, it's going to be 34,244 total points from premier events to be grabbed. Um, in ranking events, we had 50 last year, and that's including all of the online events, for a total of 22,700 points that could be gained from ranking events. This year, there are 48, but there are only 14,496 possible points. So you see a pretty big disparity there. Um, two less events, and yet you have, uh, what is it like? about almost 8,000 less points floating out there from uh, ranking events. Evo is pretty close. Last year, uh, you could get 
10,124 points from Evo total. Like that was how many were actually at Evo. Uh, and this year it's 10,754. Um, so at the end of the day, there were 65,914 total points at the 2017 CPT. This year, it's uh, 59,494. The total difference there is uh, 6,420 points. So, um, you know, we've been talking about the, the disparity between, you know, especially in the ranking events and how much more you get for winning a premier event. Uh, at the end of the day, there's uh, almost 6,500 less points uh, this year. Than there were last year to be grabbed so we'll see how that affects like the the numbers that you need to get into top 32 or in the top 30 rather um steve i think you you did some calculations to figure out what that would be this year right i did do you um, know already what, what the magic number is well, well it depends obviously it, yeah obviously the strategy is going to be different for players so and it, it depends on if one or two players dominate a particular region uh but under last year's under this year's rules, uh, the 30th place person last year would have been uh, would have had 710 points. So it's not a massive difference between that and what it ended up being uh, under last year's rule set, which it makes it all the more puzzling that they would go this far to make make ranking events so unimportant, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they want uh, attention on their premier events uh what kind of scares me though and i saw this on twitter from uh ian to the max uh ian walker he talked a, a little bit about tournament power um with fgc power being consolidated to a chosen few and that's not something i want to think about but it's getting tougher and tougher to shake that image from my head um what this does it doesn't it's not just about points it's about what capcom wants to deliver what message they're giving to the community and right now it's it's saying these tournaments matter these don't and that's what scares me in terms of uh the future of the fgc where you know you'll have an in club with you know 15 events that and that will be the the whole circuit or at least 90 percent of the circuit and if you're not in that club oh well i'll tell i'll tell you what i'm gonna do though is go to my local tournaments i'm going to texas showdown i'm going to austin dreamhack not only because uh i want to support them but because shortly after i'll have a baby and i will probably want to be able to leave my house again (laughs) (laughs) surely not for a tournament texas does have two ranking events pretty cool we did. Uh, Austin DreamHack was a premiere last year. Um, I thought it was a great event. I understand to an extent why it's a ranking event instead of a premiere. I'm a, it's, it's sad that the ranking events went down so much. In I mean, I, I really do think you're going to see the number of top players that travel to Austin for DreamHack, you know, like go down by at least half. So it, it will have an effect on tournaments that switched or that do have one designation or another for sure. And do you feel? I'll oh, go ahead and finish. I just I don't necessarily mind auto qualification from premieres or them being worth way more than ranking events or something, but I, I feel like it's not very thought out in the sense that we don't have a pro circuit and an amateur circuit and whatnot, and it all feels very illusory as far as like the ability for someone to make it in through an open tournament, uh, unless yeah. you're going to all of them. So I think they should address that in some way. 
because if you're not going to separate pros and amateurs or you're not going to separate people who are in Capcom Cup from people who are out, the same people are just going to go keep collecting and the people who are really good but can't travel are going to not make it, even yeah. though they and may so have the skill. Going off of that, I feel like, uh, and I'm, I guess I'm asking if you guys feel the same way, uh, if you're Capcom and you're making this tour this way and you're designing it this way, is the idea here maybe to to just highlight your champions already and and send them into that like that almost Seems untouchable like echelon, you know, like we do? Like do we wanna make a LeBron James I of think they like fighting that, games? To be honest. And and yeah, make Tokido this untouchable, like make Daigo this untouchable entity where everyone's like, Oh, and then there's this barrier that like is really hard to come through and so now you have your 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 select group of players that you can you can glorify and you can make ads about and stuff like that where everybody else is kind of separated from the elite class. Like, I think it's totally like that. And if you look at the two most popular if you look at the most popular games for outsiders and for other people to watch, it's probably Street Fighter Five and it's Melee. And that's because those games have you know, God level players, right? Where people know them and throughout history they've been amazing and they have you know, tons of history between each other and against each other and stuff like that. And I certainly feel like they're trying to to solidify that even further. And I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it certainly goes against the image they're trying to portray with this, you know, World Warrior Capcom Pro Tour, anyone can make it thing. Because it doesn't really feel like that's the case anymore. Yeah. I just want to point out, uh, I think we all missed it, uh, but Steve tried to take a sip from his bottle of water with the cap still on, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm still recovering, guys. Still recovering. <laughs> um, all right, uh, John, we will let you go here. I know you have places to be. You're a busy man. Uh, but thank you for joining us. That's John Velociraptor Guerrero. Read his stuff. Are you doing anything with those numbers on event hubs? Uh, like with yeah, the, I was gonna say I will. I will. I wrote. I got those all calculated out so I can do a, an article. We're we're tackling the the CPT announcement from yesterday. Um, like crazy, so uh, you'll you'll see articles coming out about that, examining it, trying to put that in more bite-sized fashion so that everyone can understand how the Pro Tour is working, and uh, and that's my next personal article that I'll be working on is is putting those numbers into one and, and seeing what that kind of means and stuff. So there will be a much more digestible form than me just having rattled them off with no graphic uh, here <laughs> on the show. All right, cool. Well, I'll look forward to that and I'll check it out on EventHubs.com. Thank you, John. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. All right, homie. Um, moving on, we have. Question of the day. I know we're, we've been on this topic for a while, but you know that was the point. Um, the question of the day was: we asked people what their opinions were on the CPT announcement. And um, Steve, do you want to read, it or you want me to read them for you? You, uh, you can do it. Okay, we want. have we, we 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 immediately got some responses and from some big names here. We got Big Bird himself, Adele. Unbalanced favors Americans considering premieres weigh much more than rankings compared to last year, and America has eight of them. Traveling without a sponsor is going to be much harder this year if you don't live in the U.S. And, I mean, that's coming from a guy who's sponsored by Red Bull. So, I mean, he can probably make it to any damn event he wants to. And for him to say that, I mean, I, I think it carries some weight. Then we have Ian Walker. This is the dude. He currently writes for Compete, the Kotaku FTC site. Is that right? Yes. Well, he, 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 a few, yeah. few different sites, but that's one of them. So he put a peach and a gust of wind and then clarified, that's a fart, by the way. So that's his opinion on the CPT. Uh, we got Justin Wong himself. Rip ranking events. Dang. 
Uh, I think that probably says it all. Let's see what else we got. Javi Moreno, he is the TO for Texas Showdown, the first ranking event. Latin America gets no premier love. Ranking events are marginalized at face value. For those who can't win premieres, ranking points come into play. But there simply isn't enough ranking points from a win to help make up that deficit. Next, uh, we have Mika. Mika Nux. I think I'm pronouncing that right. USA, 13 tournaments, including six premieres and EVO. Canada, two premieres, one ranking. Japan, one premier, zero ranking. EU, three premier events, including regional final. Toronto has more tournaments than Japan. America, yay. This CPT is, ba- is as balanced as Abigail. <laughs> Abigail now, let's is perfectly not say balanced. Things, yeah, let's not say things we can't take back later. Come on. Keep it calm. Um, Keep calm. But, you know, to, um, to Javi's point, it, it occurred to me for a second. Is it possible that we could have some, like, real neck-and-neck uh, premier winners that a ranking event is what uh, puts them over the top or gets a slight win, well, and that could be really exciting. this year, you're making the Capcom Pro Tour. I will guarantee it. I don't think there's one person who will win a premier event this year and not make the Capcom Well, somewhere Cup. in there where, like, literally, if I can get 30 more points, I'll, I'll win this. And, I mean, I wonder I'd if, even though it's stuff, a small amount yeah. of points, there could be maybe some hype around that. Any opinions? Yeah. I mean, obviously every point is going to matter in terms of the final spots but it, it's just a matter of how difficult it is to get those points and how much of a gap this can uh, uh this new system creates between at least in my mind between the players who can travel who do have the sponsors who can afford to go to uh you know all these different premier events multiple ranking events and those who can't, and that—that's my biggest fear. It's so. I mean, it's like, this is the first time I've honestly felt like the whole esports thing was starting to really get at the grassroots aspects of fighting games, and it, it honestly hits a little hard. To no me. way, man! This is what's happening. The premier There's, events are, are taking what they want, and the ranking events will now feel more grassroots. They, they certainly no will. They certainly will. I mean, you're just. I, I don't know, man. I, I really think this favors a club of people, as Steve said. Uh, it, it favors a club of people who host certain events. It favors a club of top players who will divvy up the ranking events they want to take over and, and go colonize. It, it divvies up the thing. It, it just if Some of these countries have no events at all, and they're not very close at all to a premier event. I, I don't know, man. It's, you can be really damn good at this game. Like like Meta RD, and you are near one ranking event. You have to travel pretty far to make it to another one. You can win. You can win your online tournament and your ranking event, and not make Capcom Cup. Whereas if you live in California, you have two premieres that you can go to. Mm. It can't be perfectly balanced, but it could be a hell of a lot better than this. But Mike, what do you think uh, Baby John has to say about this? Uh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't have a. I'm too pissed off to do any impressions. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Baby John had to say. I, I keep getting sadder the more I think about it. And and Capcom, in my opinion, has generally done a great job of uh, making changes to the tour in response to last year. I feel like every iteration uh, up to this year has been an improvement on the year before. This is the first time I really feel like they missed the mark. Um, which is which is kind of sad because that's been the department that I think unequivocally 
has been killing it since the launch. Well, of the, they, the they, they they did make one very uh, smart move, and I'm still thankful the Pro Tour exists. Of course, and I think it's a great thing for the game. But yeah, it's just. Yeah. No, I think we can all be grateful though that uh, they didn't include Marvel. I know you're really <laughs> excited about that, uh, Mike and Steve and Baby John. We can't make Marvel's dead jokes. It's mean. <laughs> I, I I will say if you, if you're interested to hear some more about that, uh, be sure to check out Team Spooky after our show, uh, or at eight o'clock. Excuse me, eight o'clock Central for Marvel Live. Uh, they're going to be talking about all of the goings on in the Marvel scene since the Evo reveal, since the uh, it's gonna no be a good one. I'm I'm going to be checking that one out. All right, gentlemen, can we close the uh, book on this, or do you have anything else to My say? My last thing is, I think if you're going to make the tour like this, you might as well start going to the pro amateur model, where you have people who are in and who are out. And the people who are out compete against each other and the people who are in compete against each other. Because that way, at least, the people who are out can prove themselves to take a spot that are in. Right now, I feel like it's just going to be vultures, people who can travel sniping from everyone else. Right, but that's tricky I, because of the prize money, right, and all that. And I don't like that either, right? I don't. I, yeah, I, I, w I would be disgusted if I don't happened. like that either, that's but I think that we're, we're almost already there. So, I mean, I, I, I really... I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope we go back in the other way. Um... The beauty, the beauty of the fighting game scene is that if you think you have the skills, you don't have to be, you don't have to wait to get signed by a team. You don't have to wait for, you know, someone to say to invite you to an event. You can go to any tournament, same as Justin Wong, same as Daigo. Pay your entry fee, sit down, and prove yourself against the same group of players. That's what makes this community great. That's what makes fighting games great. Anything that takes away from that, that aspect, kills the FGC for me. To be you know, honest, if you get seventh at Texas Showdown, you should qualify for the Capcom Cup. That's where I'm at. Just, just let me qualify, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let me reframe that for you guys. There we go. That's, that's what they're doing to the CPT. CPT <laughs> CPT's in the shower. And this is Norman Bates. <laughs> Look at that, buddy. You're in there. No, but I mean, I, we, we are getting a little dramatic. It's unfortunately, it's a step down. The Capcom Pro Tour is still cool. Um, I'm glad it exists. Uh, I think it's one of those things where we're, we're, we're a little bit entitled to complain about the way they give us yeah. their money and stuff like that, of course. Um, it's cool that they host us for the event. It's cool that they have a, a Capcom Pro Tour for two hundred to $300,000 um, for a game that we all play. But at the same time, it does seem like if you're going to divide things into four regions, they should have the same amount of points, they should have the same opportunities, and they clearly don't. So Yeah, we, we, we point these things out, we complain about them, we harp on them, because we love this scene. We love, we, we want to see this scene thrive and grow, because, because, you know, I love fighting games for a reason. And I would love as many people as possible to love fighting games. So I just want more opportunities. I want as many people as possible to see the things I love about this scene. So that's why when something, when, when you see something that has the potential to change that in a negative way, that's why I get so hung up about it. So. All right. Uh, but of course, most importantly, Blanca is out though. Go yeah. play Blanca. Um, he seems a little interesting so far. 
He's got a lot of plus stuff. He's got a lot of weird special moves. People are already... I've heard people say he's godlike, and I've heard people say he sucks already. So it's uh, it's clearly the Street Fighter V scene. And, um, and if you're looking for a Blanca specialist, granted it's a new Blanca in a new game, there's Cast Blanca, friend of the show, friend of ours, who was number one ranked Blanca for a long time. He could do crazy-ass combos. He, if I'm not mistaken, is currently streaming. Uh, so check out Cast Blanca, C-A-S-T, um, and tell him we sent you. Um, you can try out that uh, meat stick. I'm gonna try the meat stick. Not on the show though. Oh come on, that was no, the whole you point. Do oh, no, we got, no, we, I can't. We, we got to do one more time. We got to show that uh, uh, contest. I'll do it next week. Today is not the day, boys. I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm not sure I'm gonna bring you a snack next time. Don't bring me a snack next time. Anyway, uh, let's do this contest. Who is gonna win? Undernight in birth, est. You got about 30 seconds to get those tweets in. Uh, tweet us, hashtag best of V, hashtag one true Mika for your last chance to get in this drawing uh, for for a PS4 North America code for Unist. So we talked about the tutorial and how great it is. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's from our friends at, Arcs, uh, at Access Games, hooking us up in celebration of uh, Anime Ascension. Uh, which is going down Easter weekend. Uh, so definitely check that out. They just announced that, uh, uh, excuse me, that Dragon Ball Fighter Z is going to be one of the four main games, uh, or at least four main games at the tournament. So be sure to check that out. Hey, Trevzor in the chat says that we're discriminating against people without Twitter. Get on it, bro. Shit's free. <sighs> you know, if, if I could do... We we might have to set up like a raffle thing, um, in in. We'll discuss that internally. We might do that next week. We'll see though. No promises. All right. So we're we waiting for you to uh, pick a winner, even though yeah, it's not rigged. Drum roll, please. Hold on. I was on the wrong screen. Oh. Okay. Drum. Roll, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had the wrong thing. This son of a gun. The uh, winner is. The winner is. Let me just make sure that he tweeted it out correctly. Yes, he did. Congratulations to Jack Sasquatch. Jack you, Sasquatch. You are our winner of the uh, this week's contest. So we'll be DMing you a code for. Uh, Unist, and if you didn't win this week, I'm sorry, but you do have one more chance next week. We will have one final Unist giveaway, so be sure to catch us next week. All right, guys, that does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, we're looking forward to some of the uh, action this weekend, of course. Um, and we'll see. Maybe we can bring somebody on. We're going to try our damnedest to get somebody on from Capcom actually to come and talk to us about the uh, CPT decisions that were made. Maybe that would be great, wouldn't it? Let us know if you want that. Uh, tweet at us. That's it. Best of five. FN, Mike, Steve, Ace King Offsuit, Baby John. Meat stick that will remain unconsumed on this show. Pretty disappointed. <laughs>